2: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three, four. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami.
1: How excited are you right now, Rami Maclov? So excited. It's always fun, so Judd. So excited. Judd's down in Fort Myers, Florida. And if, if you're just joining us live here on Score North on 1500 or on the live stream or on twitch.tv slash score north later on, if you're a Twins junkie, we just spent a full hour, just a deep dive on the Twins and uh, spring observations. So go, go back and find that.
3: I got more, too, tomorrow. I got more where that came from.
1: Good. Well, you, you could pull the old uh, TV reporter trick and just file all your reports in one day and then go golfing the rest of the week. How could I do that?
3: Here's the problem. I don't golf. We'll now, sure you if you said go to POTS, if you said that. go go pull up a bar stool at POTS for the rest of the week, I'd be like, yeah, now we're talking. We could
1: just replace golf with anything. Drink. Right. We drink. Yeah. 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 Uh, the but,
3: Judbot can fill in, Phil.
1: Yes. Actually, we should introduce Rami to the Judbot 3000 at some point. And Jonathan. I don't think Jonathan ha- has had a lot of. Well, you've, you've worked with the Judbot 3000. There's a I jud- have no.
4: worked with it. I've heard it. I've never worked with it.
1: It's a him, okay? Him. Him. It. <laughs> don't be insensitive. <laughs>
3: They, I don't it know. has
1: feelings. It does. Does it? It does. <laughs> Actually, no, it doesn't. It's a sentient it being. <laughs> Judd, <laughs> it's
4: sentient usually,
3: being? he's usually very mad about something. Okay, so he's a lot like Judd. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Very good. That's the
5: All that's right. the point. Yes. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, so, but one of the most fun dynamics of having Rami as a newcomer to uh, to Score North and to the Mackie and Judd with Rami show is. We get to explain to you certain things historically, Minnesota sports things, right? right. Have you enjoyed sort of learning about Minnesota yeah, sports? absolutely. And- Because uh, this is going to be a fun segment then, if that's the case.
2: Score North presents the grittiest Minnesota athletes. Bracket. Saluting the grittiest Minnesota athletes ever. A bracket to bracket all brackets. A bracket made of tungsten steel. Held together with iron rivets, blood, sweat, and grit. (laughs) Vote every day this week on Score North Twitter. Full bracket available on scorenorth.com. The grittiest Minnesota athletes athletes
1: bracket vote now all right so you can vote we have we've had voting all day long every hour we have it's a 32 person bracket of and we just put our all of our staff in a room and we said, who are the 32 names? And we took Kevin Garnett and made him a region. Mm-hmm. Brett Favre made him a region, so they're not in the bracket. Right. And we made Jack Morris the championship trophy. Okay. So this some of the sense. real obvious ones, we just took them out to make it more fun. those three guys, I mean... Yeah, like Brett Favre and Jack Morris are
5: obvious. Brett Favre is grit. Like, if, if, <laughs> if there was a, a, an adjective to describe a
1: human being... Grit describes Brett Favre. That is correct. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to fly through some of these matchups here. We're going to start in the Garnett region. Okay. And I'm just going to throw some of these out, uh, and we'll get to the voting results of the first round tomorrow. But you can vote, twitter.com slash score north, or see the full bracket on scorenorth.com. Early this morning, the first matchup was revealed. Nick Punto against Steve Hutchinson. Okay. Left, Left guard against mm. guy who slides head first into first mm. all the time. Yeah.
5: These are two guys who I'm somewhat familiar with, especially yeah. Hutch. Uh, you know, b- being in the NFC North, seeing him play the Packers a couple times a year, play my Bears a couple times a year. Yeah, trenches.
1: So yeah, I'm I'm familiar with with Steve Hutchinson. Yeah. Uh, Zach and JP Parisi squaring off. It's a father son matchup there. Now here I'm completely clueless. Judd, fill me in on who these gentlemen are. Well, you know Zach uh, Parisi. He's a <laughs> hockey player for the Wild. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, is, yeah, I
3: know, yeah, man. you know who he is. Yeah, uh, Zach is JP's player. son. JP passed away a few years back, um, sadly. JP though played for the North Stars and Islanders in the seventies. And J, Zach is gritty, but he's really good. JP was good, but he was all grit, all grit. Yeah, Zach's so too I, clean I shaven th- you, to win this. I think the old man has to win above the kid okay but but he's lo- the, the old problem. man's losing
1: in the voting because it's a, it's it's voting on social media of course it's, it's recency, recency bias, bias. Yeah. correct
3: mm-hmm. can i uh can i chime in on the punto hutchinson one oh, yeah for sure please okay that this is incredibly tough because hutch was gritty as they come for football and he was uh, down in the dirt if there had been dirt instead of uh turf he was a uh, down in the Dirt, snarling, offensive lineman, hall of fame type player. But man, beating Nick Punto? I mean, a man who spent his career basically insisting on sliding into first base and when told not to would raise his middle finger to the person who dared him not to? Yeah. I, mean, I don't Huto, know, man. Punto
1: showed up to the stadium in a soiled, dirty uniform. You know, <laughs> I feel
3: like the com- I feel like the committee right there, say, yeah. gave an incredibly tough this round d- one. This doesn't
5: feel like a one-eight matchup like you should get in the first round of a 32, 32 team
1: bracket. What I'm about born here? What about Pat Williams, longtime, <laughs> yeah. fantastic interior uh, nose tackle, defensive tackle guy? against another Twins gritty utility player from the late 90s, early 2000s, Denny Hocking. Also Mm. the guy who... Denny caught the game-winning pop-up to advance to the ALCS back in 2002, the Contraction Twins. I'm going to fly... If you get... Pause, because I want to go through some of these matchups. You you guys stop me if you want to comment. Okay. Legendary 70s Vikings players. Jim Marshall, who basically played every game for 20 years. And a guy whose name might as well shout grit Mick Tinglehoff Oh that is a gritty 18 name. year center for the Minnesota Vikings back in the bug grant days They're facing off Facing off in the oh first round Oh my
3: what's going on in round 1
1: Judd, there's these are these are 32 of the grittiest people you're ever going to meet okay All these matchups are t- How about head this is one spinning. Jim Klein against Miles Tarver Miles Tarver was a one of those like rebound and screen first forwards uh, on the Gophers. Yeah, I don't know a lot about tar- about uh, who's the second
5: guy. Tarver, Miles Tarver, but Jim Kleinsasser is another guy who is. I mean, that's a gritty. Just like the the neck protector that he wore, that was like six feet above his shoulder pads, yeah. like it basically engulfed <laughs> his whole helmet. Like that's that's gritty right there. Almost any fullback. Is especially from like the, the, the 80s or early 90s. Yes. Those fullbacks, man, those those guys were grit personified.
1: Yeah, we also have a Dan Gladden-Leroy Horde matchup in the Brett Favre region, too, speaking of fullbacks. Leroy Horde, three yards. If you need three yards, he'll get you three. If you need one yard, he'll get you three. If you need 100 he yards, he'll lose. get you three, right? I, I feel
3: <laughs> like Laddie should should get through that round. It's going to be tough. Early voting this. is Leroy Horde. Leroy really? Horde, 60-40? Yeah. What's the early voting in on Klein, Tarver?
1: I'd have to go check it down, but I think Klein, is is doing well. Let's yeah, put okay. it that way. Uh, uh, we, have, we have in our grittiest Minnesota athletes ever. You can want the full bracket. You want to print this out and gamble at work. You're welcome to just, you know, don't get in trouble. Uh, ScoreNorth.com. Mark Madsen against Doug Kavich in the first round. So dirty, uniform first baseman against a guy who only set screens for eight years in the NBA. Mankiewicz is a gr- another gritty name. If you're just going off of names, Mankiewicz yes. sounds
3: like a guy who's grit. It, it sounds like you're chewing gravel or something, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mankiewicz. Yeah. 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 And he played, yeah. Yeah, that's, ooh, and Mark Matson. I think I'd go with Doug on that one.
1: How about Lindsey Whalen against Terry Mulholland? Oh. oh, that's easy. Oh, no man. No Probably problem. Probably is that, Lindsey Whalen. But we had no to problem. put Terry Mulholland on this. Terry
5: race. Mulholland. Now, I'm familiar with Terry Mulholland from his Cubs years. That, that, the, the facial hair and,
1: like, the, 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 the mullet. The mullet. Yeah. Oh. Southpaw, right? Laughing in the Chicago winds. <laughs> <laughs> and he always wore, like, uh, at least in his Cubs years, he had, like, a Fu Manchu style mustache. He did, oh. yeah. Uh, we have Luke Collins, the first baseman from Little Big League. That's right. We have a fictional person in our bracket against Jordan Murphy. One <laughs> I was going to say, that name sounds familiar. Who's that? <laughs> He's the Twins' first baseman of, of in course. Little Big League. Yes. What about Harrison Smith, Harry the Hitman, against Eddie Gordato in the first round? Who's mm. Who's grittier?
5: Harrison Smith? See, not for me. Everyday Eddie, man. Yeah, I know. Who pitched every day. That's what, that's what I was just about to say. For, Judd, I don't know if you agree, but for me... To be gritty you can't be as talented as Harrison Smith is. Like Harrison Smith I was just gonna is just going to say the
3: same. Yes, tremendously
5: I, talented. You have to be a guy who's minimally talented and the only reason that you're you're even on that level is your grit
3: is, I feel is, like, is persevering. I feel like like Harrison Smith is the type of guy who wants to act like he's not that good so that he that he can be considered gritty but he's too good to be gritty. I think I go Godardo Okay, I don't I know what I the results
1: Eddie. are there yet. We can check tomorrow.
3: I bet Harrison Smith wins, but I, I go Eddie. How about uh, are uh, Link? Are all, are all the matchups up today on Twitter? They yeah. are. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know if the, we're
1: releasing one per hour, so I think they're going to keep going into okay. the night. Here. There's right. going to be sixteen of them. All right, uh, Joe Cap. If you're a quarterback and you smoked heaters between uh, <laughs> series, and you played in the cold, right? <laughs> Joe Cap and Rebecca Brunson, power forward for the Lynx. It's a matchup. All right. Uh, West Walls and Marcus
3: Sherrills. Oh, that's another tough one. Wallsy against Marcus. Sh- I mean, that's all grit right there.
1: It's a lot of grit. Woo. It's a lot of, it's, uh, it's punt returner, 53rd you guy on the roster for five straight years.
3: I think you've now given me three in which I would be very torn on whom to vote for. Uh, dueling power
1: forward slash centers, Taj Gibson versus Janelle McCarville in the first round of the grittiest
3: athletes bracket. I think I, think I got to go Janelle.
1: Uh, we also Older made Taj really. Uh,
3: Taj is gritty, but Janelle, man, she was real gritty. Yeah,
1: we also made an executive decision to put Bronco Nagurski in this bracket. So Bronco Nagurski uh, against <laughs> Randall McDaniel in the first round. I mean, his name is Bronco Nagurski. <laughs> he played where, without a where face Did Bronco mask.
3: come up? Did Bronco come up at that? Staff yeah, I don't, I don't remember his name come
1: up. No, he came. When did up, he come up? I think I think he came up sometime like this morning, and we said oh, we can't leave Bronco yeah, Nagurski. By-
4: I walked by the studio and he was. They were showing a picture of him on TV or something. They were doing some feature on him on Fox yeah. Sports North, I think. And Randall like, McDaniel How did he not was. The
3: list? Randall McDaniel was so talented and so gifted that I, I think Bronco's going to have to win because I don't think that Randall was really. I don't think he he was grit, but he wasn't personified by grit. He like,
1: wore a face mask. He yeah. automatically cannot beat Bronco Nagurski. I feel like in the first Bronco round. Nagurski should have been a bracket unto himself. Well, we'll see what happens. See Maybe if Romney
3: had been consulted earlier, mm. that would have happened.
1: Mm. All right, then we have Boom Boom Bill Brown from back in the day with the Vikings running back and Derek Bougard, the late Derek Bougard. Like if you ju- if you're just employed to throw down in your sport, that qualifies as being gritty.
3: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And then But the f- boom, but your name was your nickname was Boom Boom? I mean, boom, boom
1: boom could also be like the nickname of you know of like a dancer at a
3: like strip club <laughs> well, not, or something. This isn't a, a stripper pole of sorts. <laughs>
1: and then the final matchup: uh, Antoine Winfield against Mike Redmond. Who's
3: that is is grittier? That's oh, a really tough one. Right I, there. that one I see crystal clear. If a man got his team excited for a game, so to speak. By walking through a locker room naked, that's gritty.
1: That would be a Mike Redmond, by the way. <laughs> okay, just for yes. the I the naked naked which one the he world. was talking about? The naked. Oh no,
3: Antoine didn't. Antoine was was a Pro Bowl uh, nickel corner, but Mike Redmond, Mike was. Mm, how can we say this, Phil? He was a character.
1: He was a character. Yes, I'm just. I'm just trying to envision Rami envisioning both of those guys naked until we trying to figure told out which, which one was. it was.
3: Hey, Phil. Hey, Phil. Tell tell him tell him the the uh, Guardy default day game lineup when Mauer wouldn't play oh, yeah. and Redmond would. This is an all time Twins
1: story. So yeah, the Twins had this. Well, Guardy had this thing where he didn't want to disrupt the lineup ever. Okay. So if you were the number seven hitter, so when Delman Young had a hundred twenty RBIs in two thousand ten, and should have been moved up in the order at some point, Guardy he was nope. He's my number eight guy. He's comfortable in the eight spot. Old school baseball. You know, yep. Yeah. And so when when Joe Maurer, who was multi time batting champ, and I think this was even two thousand nine when Maurer missed all of April, I can't remember the years Mike Redman was here, but like Joe Maurer was the number three hitter and if he would miss a game or whatever it was, disabled list. They wouldn't put Morno in the three spot or Kadire or Tori oh, Hunter. They no. would they would just put Mike Redman in the three spot. No, 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 no. Yes, yes, yes.
5: That's not yes. how you For, construct like, a For multiple years. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. And, no, no.
3: and didn't Guardy say, Phil, it, it was because he didn't want to disrupt the rest of the guys in their spots?
1: Yes. Oh. <laughs> that is correct. Yes. And then they all they all took naked batting practice. I can't together. believe that this
5: <laughs> I can't believe that this used to be the 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 prominent way of thinking in base. like he wasn't the only one doing that. back in the day, Most managers probably did that. And not only was that the way of thinking back in the day, but there are people who don't want to move on from that. The same people we were just talking about when we were having our twins discussion who are adamantly against analytics and will not evolve with it. These are the same people who want to have guys in the same spot in the lineup, 162 games a year, or when they're not there, their replacement just goes into their spot in the lineup. That is just a ridiculous way of thinking. And the fact that it's, it was the way
2: of thinking for so long is mind-boggling to me. Yeah. Because what you listen to doesn't come from just one source. We offer Minnesota sports. Minnesota sports. Lots of it. Whenever you want it. Wherever you are. Even when you're mobile, on the move. Remain grounded with access to the content that you're passionate about. Get it all here. Score North Minnesota sports. Anytime. Anywhere.
5: ScoreNorth.com. It's the Mackie and Judd with Rami show. I'm the Rami part of that equation. I sit next to the Mackey part of that equation. Judd is down in uh, Fort Myers, Florida, taking in Twins camp. We'll wrap uh, with Patrick Roycey, also down there in Florida, coming up at about five forty. But uh, some Vikings. I don't know. Is this reckless speculation that we well, want to get into here, guys? Because- actually,
1: I think it's. Because it's Darren Doogie Wolfson okay. that is sparking this. All right, even he would admit sometimes he'll throw out some reckless speculation. But this sound Let's we're gonna play a clip from Score North Live with Matthew Collar here. All right, that Jonathan is tracked down, um, and you guys had a scoop session with Doogie today, right? Yes, yeah. So Judd, uh, are you ready for this down in Fort Myers? Most definitely. This is Doogie. Uh, the Vikings have to free up some cap room. And this is Doogie speculating on a couple very prominent Vikings players and their contract situations. But clips about a minute,
0: minute and a half long. I know what the future holds for Kyle Rudolph. I can just tell you, this is beyond reckless speculation, right? Mackie and Judd love reckless speculation. This isn't <laughs> Cheap fact. Word. It's somewhere in between. But I can just tell you, Kyle Rudolph is not restructuring his contract. He's just not. Now, if he eventually does, that means he's had a change of heart. He does like it here. There's no doubt about that. But I'm just telling you, he doesn't have an interest in restructuring. Now, there's no dead money there, so if the Vikings want, they can outright release Kyle Rudolph, but if you do that, who is his replacement? So I'm just telling you, there's some moving parts there. I actually think, and I ran this by an agent I know really well, he's convinced that Kyle better take a pay reduction because if he hits the open market, he's not getting what he thinks he'll get that he's better off taking the pay cut here, restructuring, staying with the Vikings. Usually now, on the Vikings the trade take front, care of people on those, too. They like do. They get more cash or just as much. Correct. Now, on the trade front, I think Everson Griffin's getting traded. I do. I think that's legitimate steam that is coming out of the combine from Indianapolis. I heard the Raiders are interested. There's some other teams interested. I think there's enough of a trade market there where they can save a lot of money. They have a logical replacement in Weatherly. The defense... Didn't fail miserably in all those games that Griffin missed. Yeah. Yeah. Last year. So I'm just saying if I had to bet, if you said bet on one guy to get traded, I think it would be that guy. Now, I'll also tell you though, from a prominent agent who met with the Vikings over the weekend, this agent is led to believe that the Vikings are open minded to trading a lot of guys. Now, who are they married to? They're married to Harrison Smith. He's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Adam Thielen. Right. Daniil Hunter. Of course. Stefan Diggs to some degree. And Kirk Cousins because of the contract. We can get to Cousins, by the way, in a sec if you want. Because I actually get the sense that if they could make a change there, there would be some interest.
1: Oh, that's that right there. He couldn't resist. That, that truly. That was.
3: That in, it, oh my God. Speculation. <laughs> <laughs> that, Hold on a second. <laughs> I am picking myself up off the press box floor here in Fort My. How much information could come from one person in a short period of time? <laughs> that was amazing. So we just got.
1: Oh. If they could trade. I love Doogie. And you can find Doogie now twice a week, Doogie's Scoop Podcast on scorenorth.com and uh, live on Score North. Well, live from earlier in the day, but you can hear it on Score North at 6 o'clock on Fridays. So they would trade Kirk Cousins if they could, point number one at mm-hmm. the end. He thinks Everson Griffin for sure gets traded at some point here soon, and Kyle Rudolph will uh, will stare the Vikings down in a game of chicken if they ask
3: to restructure. And lose. And lose, and potentially. Lose.
1: Yeah.
3: Hmm. That's a lot right there. I'm digesting right now, but hold on a second here. I've, I got some thoughts. What'd you eat? Uh... <laughs> I hate footballs, Rami. I ate nothing but footballs with Viking logos on them. Uh the Rudolph Football. one to me is I think the Rudolph one is really interesting because my sense with him was he would be one of the last guys to play hardball with this team. So when they when they would come to him and be like, okay, Kyle, we gave you this really good contract and and now we basically need some of the cap room back. I would have thought, oh, yeah, of course he'll do it. So I'm surprised to to hear he won't restructure. And I'm not sure that I would tempt these guys to cut him because I think that they might. The Griffin news does not surprise me one bit. And, in fact, I think he'll be traded or let go because he's going to make too much. And, and we've talked about this before, you guys. But when he came back from the episode, he was not the same player. And, as much as we like to say, "Oh man, Vikings are a family, right? That roster's a family. Everyone cares, okay, that's true until your production dips. So the Rudolph one surprises me the um the Griffin one does not, and the cousins one is just beyond juicy
1: yeah the so all right let's let's go down the list here. Kyle Rudolph is a good, not great pass catching tight end who's not great in the blocking game. He's not mobilely great, mm-hmm. right. And he's 29 years old, going to be 30 years old middle of the season.
4: And if you're looking at his at his contract, his dead cap money if you release him is nothing.
1: Like right now, right? Yeah, now. yeah.
4: So according the, to track, if you release him right now, you take no hit.
1: And and so if you're looking to if if you're looking at things that you need to fix your team or to take the next step, and while well, that left guard in free agency over here or whatever it is that you're looking for. Uh, is going to cost ten million dollars. You got to shave somewhere. What's my my question about Rudolph is what's the gap between Rudolph getting his eighty two targets last year and catching sixty four passes? He's, he's reliable inside of ten or fifteen yards and in the red zone. Uh, but is he is he irreplaceable? I don't, I don't I don't think I would call him irreplaceable. I don't think he is. Not at this stage of his career. I think
5: there are guys out there. Hell, there are guys out there who you could probably get a pretty good value on in the free agent market. Who
3: could who could do for you what he did this year. To uh, Phil's point, I think w- when you look at, at their production, we've always sort of grouped him right with, "Oh man, he can do this and that." And the reality is, when you watch him play, he's not a bad player, but he's certainly not a Pro Bowl player. And I, I think if we were ever going to find out that Kyle had, uh, had taken that next step and oh my gosh, he's fantastic, it would have been with a new offense that De Filippo brought in last year, right? Mm-hmm. Because he came from a system in Philadelphia that has an unbelievable tight end who catches the ball consistently. That didn't happen. I feel like if Kyle goes in and stares them down, they're going to say, thank you very much for your time and service and you're gone. Yeah. I really do. Cause I don't, I just, he, he's the type of guy. And, and again, I think he's a really good person and he does a lot locally and he does a lot, um, for charities and, and he is, but he's a guy who I think in the, in the eyes of Vikings fans has upped his value because of who he is as a person and off the field. But when you strip it down and let's just say he was a bad guy and just a football player. I think he's okay, but I don't think that he's the type of guy who can go in and try and call a team's bluff.
1: So he, this is the tough part for him. So he's right now the ninth highest paid in terms of average salary. It's, it's hard to quantify some of this because there's so many but there's bonuses and there's different things that go into these salaries. But uh, Kyle Rudolph is the ninth highest paid tight end in the NFL. And I don't know like, if he hit the free agent market right now and said, pay me like a top ten tight end. Wouldn't happen. Right. It's like he he no would way. hit free agency and he would probably be more in that like J, like Jason Witten is gonna make it looks like three and a half million dollars with the Cowboys this year. Kai Rudolph makes closer to eight million dollars with the Vikings somewhere in that like seven and a half to eight million dollar range. So if the decision is between Vikings asking you to go from 7.5 down to four or five million to help free up some space or you can stare them down and make them cut you and take your chances on the free agent market, are you really going to... But now some players might say, bleep it, I'll take less money, because from an ego standpoint, I'd rather play for a different team than, you know, than have to you know walk in with my tail between my legs and take $2 million less. Uh, but I feel like the Vikings are pretty good about finessing these situations, these potentially awkward situations they've had before with Chad Greenway, with Brian Robinson, and they wind up coming out with everybody on the same page for the most part.
5: Last week on Purple Daily, uh, with the help of a column from Courtney Cronin looking at how the Vikings can can create some room under the salary cap, um, I think four of these moves were the three of us are all on board with, and that's cut Mike Rummers. That saves you a little over $4.5 million. got to stop me if you disagree with any of this. Okay. Uh, cut Andrew Sandejo. That's $5.5 million saved. Uh, Move on from Everson Griffin. We just talked about that, and it seems like we're all willing to do that if it saves you $10 million. The one that would be harder to do and and would probably piss off your head coach, and you'd be losing one of your better defensive players, is if you can find a trade for Xavier Rhodes at $13.4 million and then ask Kyle Rudolph to negotiate, renegotiate, and if he won't, then you, you cut him loose. If they made those five moves, Manny and I did the math, they're saving somewhere between thirty-six and a half and forty-one and a half million dollars, creating that that much money between the cap and and where they are right now. If you do that, you could be a player again in free agency this off season, and I think you can you can replace a lot of those guys either through cheaper free agents or through the draft or a, a point that Judd has made a number of times on this show and on Purple Daily. Just Mike Zimmer coaching guys yeah. up. I mean if you trade if you trade Xavier Rhodes, Mike Zimmer has a, a track record of coaching guys up to be better cornerbacks than what they were when they got in this league. So you I have confidence I don't know about you guys that somebody w- would step into that void and perform at or close to the same level. if you can free up that much space and 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 plug those holes and add on top of that, you're looking at a, at a pretty good football team next year.
3: I think I trade Wayne's though instead cuz he's due that the fifth year option is is pretty high for that position and you're going to get to a point after this coming year where he's going to uh to want to cash in which I don't think he's going to do here but the rest of that list I like I'm fine if if they went through the other four pieces of that list that's fine with
1: me yeah it's and you know a lot of this. Obviously, you've got a quarterback whose cap hit is twenty nine million dollars, and your team salary cap I think is is around like a hundred eighty something, one hundred ninety million dollars.
3: It didn't go up as much as expected. I, I know that it fell short of what they yeah. expected to go up to. And so you're
1: forced. This is what happens when you sign Kirk Cousins because you're in win now mode, and you know you're not signing the third best quarterback in the NFL. But because of the way that the market operates, you have to pay him the third most money. And now, a year later, you're forced staring down the barrel of some of these decisions that we had talked about. Well, hey, you're going to sign Kirk Cousins, but that may mean that you lose Anthony Barr. That -hmm. may mean that you have to trade away an Everson Griffin or, or a Xavier Rhodes a year or two before you're sure that they're cooked, right? And that's what's happening. I mean, right now, Xavier Rhodes is their third highest paid player. And he certainly if you were ranking the way that all of the players performed last year, he took a step back. I don't think anyone would say that he gave you the third best performance on the team, right? No. Last year. So you're now now with Xavier Rhodes, you're you're faced with one of two decisions. Do you keep him and hope that he can get back to the point that he was at to fulfill his value as the third highest paid player on your team, or do you hedge maybe trade him for seventy five cents on the dollar or fifty cents on the dollar and free up some of that money? so that you can add something that you're more sure of. It's a
3: really tough decision right now for the Vikings. I think the two, if if Griffin and Kyle, to me, that's not tough, though, right? I think those are easy. I really do. Because defensive end-wise, you're in really good shape. And the Vikings start to catch up.
1: The Vikings don't, if, if you're thinking, well, but Kyle Rudolph is so ingrained in the community and all those things yeah. that you mentioned, like the Vikings are assassins when it comes to this stuff. They do not care at all about, I mean, they care a little bit, but when it comes down to it, if it means you know Rick Spielman saving a job and saying goodbye to someone who's good in the community, he will choose his job, Speaking right? Speaking
5: of operating like assassins, and this may be too too big a discussion because I know we're up against a break, so maybe hang on to this until tomorrow, but another discussion that Manny and I had, I think this was two weeks ago, on Purple Daily while Judd was out, and this was on the heels of Blake Barrett's saying on Purple Daily that... It's It sounded like he was saying, read between the lines, that the two sides, Thielen and the Vikings, were close to some sort of extension. And when I saw that news, and I think everybody around here, when you saw that news, you thought, yeah, no-brainer. You locked that guy up, right? And then I saw Louis Riddick talking about it the next day on NFL Live, and he said that they don't really need to re-sign or extend Adam Thielen's contract at this point. And listening to him talk, it, it kind of makes sense because this is a guy who's approaching age 30, he has two years left on his contract, so you hold all the leverage in the hand in those negotiations right now, and you're in the midst of of this, this era of Vikings football right now where you've pushed all your chips to the center of the table on the Kirk Cousins era. Do I want to spend that money extending the contract of Adam Thielen and making sure he's fairly compensated and happy, or do I want to spend that money over the next two years adding talent elsewhere on the roster to yeah. give us a better chance at winning that Super Bowl and cashing in on the almost $30 million a year that you just spent on your quarterback. Yeah,
1: because, like, judge strategically to what Rami's saying, keeping Adam Thielen at whatever he's making, $4.5 instead of what the market value of his play might be more like $10 million on top of that, right? Yep. And And so if you could find a way to keep him at that salary and also... Get him to report to training camp and be happy all season you would choose yeah, that route that's but gonna be I'm not difficult. sure that's gonna be the case
3: I think the difference here though uh, is we're talking about a potential if you extend him and I don't know all of the logistics of this but I think you can push the cab hits out so it's not going to immediately kill you in two thousand nineteen what you're trying what you're trying to do here is look at guys who who were like Thielen previously who got contract extensions and now those cap hits are coming due and get rid of them so I think you could keep Thielen happy by giving him an extension you wouldn't take on this massive cap hit because of it for 2019 and then come 2022 or 23 you concern yourself with that then and go back to him and try and and restructure and or cut him but The most important thing here is is you know with with the way that this league works and the CBA works, guys leave themselves open because of non guaranteed cash to consistently be cut, which is why if you don't restructure, you're you're gone.
1: Yeah, are we going to be gone? Are we getting a live appearance by Patrick Roycey next?
3: No, still there. No, no. In fact, he just last break he he said call me, and so I did, and he (laughs) he wanted to see if I was going to the planned restaurant for tonight, where he's going. I guess. But I'm probably not. But no, he's most definitely not going to uh, show up in the press box here at Hammond Stadium like I am.
1: Uh, well, well, one way or the other, we'll get Patrick to join us when we come back here. Yeah. Uh, Mackie and Judd. Do you, you have Robbie.
5: plans for this evening, Judd? You have somewhere in mind that you're going? I got to go home and write. Oh,
3: okay. I got writing to do. So what? Room service? What are we, what are we talking about for dinner? Okay, all right. I told you I would say nothing bad about my, my hotel, right? Yeah. I highly doubt room service is available. <laughs> When, when, you, when you have to go into the lobby at midnight and get your key, and they say it's all around in back, so drive around in back, and you have to inform them, I don't have a car, and then you basically have to walk three blocks to your room in a motel. I don't think said motel <laughs> offers up room service, Robby.
1: Oh, you get a hitchhike. We we'll put the Uber app on your phone so you can get from the lobby to your room. I didn't know I was otherwise. touching at a sore spot there. Oh, it's not uh, a sore spot at all. I'm
3: just happy to be alive right now. You know,
1: if you were to get a car down there, I would recommend a
3: Toyota. <laughs>
2: That's
1: right. It always drives me crazy when I go, like, I travel to Fort Myers or wherever it is and I get a rent a car. And it always actually makes me mad if they don't have a Toyota because I've just become so uh, ingrained in Toyotas and I love, I just love the way that the interior operates. I love the Entune system. And some of these new cars, you can see them all on LutherBrookdaleToyota.com, toyota dot com, the two thousand and nineteen Corollas. um and and you can see all the new bells and whistles, including all the safety features, reverse cam, tune systems. listen, you Minnesota. Name it. whoops, hold on. I'll give you ten more seconds, Luther Brookdale toyota. and uh, and you can you can talk to my friends in that service department too, and find out why these are some of the most durable vehicles in the world. six ninety four on Brooklyn boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. toyota dot com. Thank you, Jonathan. All right, we wrap with Royce every day. We have Judd still at the stadium at Hammond Stadium. Uh, Pat, where are you trying to get Judd to go for dinner tonight down there?
4: Uh he going to go to Micklebobs but he's gotta go back and write, he said. Uh we're, we're making our annual Dave Campbell honorary to uh Micklebobs. He's not here this year, but we go down there and eat in his honor. And uh it's it's the rib place. You've been there down in Naples.
1: So. I've actually never uh, been to Micklebobs in Naples. Well it's uh,
4: it's pretty dang good and uh the uh I guess uh, it came up late. It was a late uh, planned uh, deal here because uh, I guess Hayes is heading back to uh, Chicago for uh, yeah, for, uh, 10 12 days or something. You know why, don't you? Why
1: he's what? going back to Chicago?
4: Undefeated. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> 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 That's It's been a long amazing time. Inside I'm, joke. Sure. <laughs> it's I'm sure. It's been right a long time. Here. Undefeated. Yes. <laughs> Jose Barrios, uh, you know, when you can't have the Vanimal, you might as well go with Jose Barrios as your opening day starter, huh? It really does tell you how bad things were there for a few years. When it, was it? Was it one of you? Was it a score North tweet or somebody that reminded us of the Ricky Nolasco and the Vanimal pitched opening days for this club?
1: Yeah, the Vanimal. I believe he self-nicknamed himself the Vanimal. <laughs> I hate people who give
4: themselves their own nickname. Was that eleven? Was that? Right after the that they is that the first year when they started losing? Was that when they when did they uh
3: No, it was after no. it was like twelve or thirteen, right?
4: Okay. All right. And they got him uh from the Phillies uh along with who else for Ben Revere, right? Wasn't that Trevor, Trevor May? Trevor May, yeah, who's still around. Isn't that unbelievable? And he's basically has pitched what, eighty innings, a hundred innings maybe? He's still around and probably going to make the club this year again finally
3: 2013 uh, boys it, it went it went Vanimal 2013 nalasco 2014 Phil
4: Hughes in 2015
3: the Vanimal
0: and
4: Hughes of course was coming off a great year who knew that uh, he was going to explode and be uh, terrible and uh, and uh, that's uh, you know that that's quite a run there
2: do you, do you do you think
4: do
1: you think Vance Worley ever walked up to women at public establishments and yes, introduced himself in the, the third Vandimal. person as the Vanimal? <laughs> yes,
4: I wouldn't say I would have no idea, but having just been around his locker a few times, I would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Pat. Just, but I'm, not, I'm just guessing here. I have no idea. If that's, he uh, glared. Guess. If you said okay, yes or no, I'd go with yes. Sure. Sure. He, uh, he sort of glared. Uh, remember, the Vannable ended up uh, a couple years pitching out of the bullpen, a uh, couple different teams, and he got some people out there for a while, which was amazing to me. It was about that was a great opener, man. It was about fourteen degrees, we got this big tub out there tossing. <laughs> You're thinking. Yeah, this will get the folks fired up, because <laughs> this has been two straight horrible seasons, and now we got the animal chopping at the bit to take the hill here. Yeah. I'll have to go back and, uh, I'm gonna have to later today go back and look at their, uh, history of openers and come up with their, uh, their five worst.
0: Brad Havens
4: is another one. He, uh, I think he might have pitched the first opener in the Metrodome, if I'm not mistaken. He gets no, inch in the forehead. He the next year, Pat? The forehead and, uh,
3: huh? 83, 83. It, it was it was the first ever was Redfern in 82 83 was yeah. havens
4: albert oh, so williams well, red. in 84 oh the uh the, that was one of uh, my friend bill uh, billy gardner's uh, my favorite billy gardner quote because remember that he was uh al williams was from nicaragua Rockwell, and he was supposed to be the, a guerrilla fighter either for or against the sandinistas i can't remember which and yeah and after about halfway through that season, Billy says, I'll tell you what i you know where he was when the fighting was going on. He was hiding in the cave he was <laughs> 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 not a big admirer of Al's courage
1: on the hill, let's put it that way. Pat, over on scorenorth.com. I was just about to ask him about this. The gritty
5: (laughs) gritty (laughs) athlete. (laughs) Yeah, we'll go ahead. We're talking about guerrilla fighters. So we have the grittiest athlete (laughs) bracket up at scorenorth.com right now or twitter.com slash ScoreNorth. I, I, I hate to put you on the spot, but can you... In the Twin Cities right now? No, ever, all, all time. The grittiest athletes of all time I, in the Twin I, Cities.
4: Uh, you know, I don't, I'd have to think a long, long, long time for that. I mean, I'll, we'll, we'll,
1: float, we'll float you some names here, all right? I'll give you some of the matchups. So first-round okay. matchup, Bronco Nagurski and Randall McDaniel head-to-head right now.
4: Uh, Randall McDaniel because Bronco was playing against people who were terrified of his mere presence. From what I can tell, okay. he was uh, he was the best fullback in football and the best tackle in football, which is a r- lethal combination. But then again, there is one guy in this town who saw Bronco. If you want to get a hold of him, he won't be able to hear you, but uh, you <laughs> can call him, and he he actually was nine years old when Bronco was playing for the Gophers, so he could tell you.
1: Uh, how about uh, Nick Punto or Steve Hutchinson?
4: Uh, how, you know, come on, this, how, who put these people in this bracket? I mean, Nick was uh, Nick uh, Nick missed too many missed too many games to be ungraced. Okay, what about Bobby? M- Is Bobby Jackson on the list?
1: No, he's not on the list. Well, you guys screwed up then.
4: The Grillest <laughs> golfer basketball, golfer basketball player of all time, Bobby Jackson.
1: Grittier than Miles Tarver?
4: Yes, grittier than Miles
1: Tarver. What about That's what stupid. about first round matchup? Mick Tinglehoff versus Jim Marshall.
4: Well, you can't put those two guys in the same bracket for God's sake. Neither missed a game for sixteen years. Yeah, we got to pick one. Who did this? <laughs> you got to have seeding for goodness. You can't have Tinglehoff and Marshall could be we your really two finalists. We Three finalists, and you got them. In, that's like putting the Duke and uh, you know Duke and uh, who uh, Kentucky in the first round of the NCAA tournament.
5: For Pat, Pat really should have been. We're we're remiss that Pat wasn't the like the chairman of the selection committee. He probably the, should of have Of the grittiest athlete brackets well, for here's sure. Here's
4: your problem. I would have hung up if you told me you were doing this. <laughs> But, uh, and he's but not Now that I've seen it, now that I, I'll go look at it, and now that I can demean you about it, I will. Uh, Please do. Certainly do that. Yes. But you can't have Jim Marshall and Mick Tingle off of the first oh. round. They were the, they were the. How about Carl Eller, uh, played basically with a broken leg to keep his the streak going, so that the, the front four guys, or the the three guys up front. Never missed a game between them in twelve years.
1: That's why we ruled E.J. Henderson out. You got to play the next week. Sorry, not gritty. Uh-oh.
4: Oh well, yeah, yeah. If you break a leg, that's uh, you know tough bananas. You got to <laughs> play the next week, right? How about Wiggy, Wiggy Maker? You know he was last Just, four he was he was last four out. Yeah, he was a, a bubblegum. <laughs> See <you laughs> another one out. He's in the last. He's Lenardi got him in the last four out. Yeah, okay, that's right. yeah. The, this is called the anti Wiggy trophy. You know, it, it what is. Is, yeah, Wiggy should be on the trophy when you give it to. the Well, Wiggy.
1: we gave it this the Jack Morris Championship Trophy is what we're calling it.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, you know Morris is Morris's. Can you qualify having only played here one year?
1: If I mean, considering the circumstances, if you pitch ten innings in Game Seven and threw a hundred sixty pitches or uh-huh. whatever, yeah, we count
4: it. Uh, yeah, he he might he might be your winner. I'll have to look at it and let you guys know tomorrow. How I, I don't bad know if I, I want Pat to look at it. <laughs> I was going to say
3: he already I feel like he should. Avoid he already it, announced like...
4: you got more than I did, and I tried to put <laughs> well, on it. Well, let's. You know, I got to be honest. That's that's what we do. We're honest, (laughs) by the way, on the upcoming uh, Unchained. too. we, uh, I got I got going a little bit on my the silliness of having to empty out the city because the Final Four is coming to town.
3: Don't give too much away, Pat. Yeah,
1: God forbid we put a baseball game inside that stadium six weeks beforehand, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, we can't have the Gophers play a game. The Gophers have been on the. The Gophers are two and eight, by the way. They've been on the road playing great teams every week and getting beat. They're basically in a situation they've got to win the big trend tournament already because they can't get in there two months before the Final Four. Yeah. Has John
3: started complaining yet, Pat?
4: I haven't talked to him, but he's, uh, I'm sure it's he's It's only a matter of time. <laughs> John, uh, he doesn't quite have the martyr complex he had now that he's got a ballpark over there. That club last year kind of... Uh, Reduced his normal m- martyr complex that he has. Well, Pat. I love him. He's, I love him. He's one of my favorite martyrs.
1: Enjoy dinner in Naples and send some pictures to, uh, to Judd Zilgad tonight.
3: Yeah,
4: text Why me the hell at is Quintan. he going? Why isn't he going? Because he's been invited. I mean, come on. All right. Talk to you. <laughs> All right. right. See you I Thanks, got work Pat.
3: to do. This is a working trip. I was on a vacation last week. <laughs> I got to work. I got to write a C.J. Cron piece.
5: You were banging out columns from the hotel room last week in New York.
1: What do you mean? Well, stuff happened. <laughs> and
3: that was not from the, that was from the Newark Airport bar, mister, and I was only oh, three in. Honey, my
1: I've got reservations at Tavern on the Green. Uh, darling, the wild have traded Charlie Cornwell.
3: <laughs> Sweetie, have something for
1: me. Jose Perez
5: was named opening day starter, damn it. <laughs>